Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 1st of November. A pinch and a punch for the 1st of the month. And as usual, with all the information contained in this breakfast briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you're listening on a podcast, you can always head on over to our website, marcustoday.com.au, and you can read the disclaimer there, or you can read it on the slide here. And if you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you along, and you can sign up for a free 14-day trial on the website at the same time. All right, well, we had a bit of a bounce in the US markets on Friday night, a little bit of uh, relief, I guess, a little bit of end of month as well, and uh, some corporate earnings certainly helping the US market. But it was a late rally, hardly inspiring, but at least it was something. FOMC meeting this week for the US, probably the major focus, along with more corporate earnings. For the record, though, we saw the Dow Jones up 89 points, or 0.25%, to 35,820. Can't be long till we close over 36,000, can it? NASDAQ up 0.33%. Or 50 points to 15,498. A good bounce back in those technology stocks. And the S&P 500, not as usual in the middle for diddle, but slightly underwhelming on both of the indexes. Up 0.19% on 9 points to 4,605. The VIX index slipping a little bit as is its want on a Friday. No one wants to hold option pricing over a weekend. 16.26, they're down 1.63%. SPY futures pointing to a 68-point rally, 0.93%. I would be surprised if we saw a magnitude of that today, but you never know. Your luck in a big city, have to say. But we did have that big rout on Friday as the bond market took centre stage and we saw those uh, very short-dated bonds, the two years, threes and fives, going absolutely nuts ahead of the RBA meeting tomorrow, which will be very, very crucial as maybe they will abandon uh, their uh, tapering and start the tapering rather than abandon the stimulus with the short end. So SPY futures up 68 points. I'd be amazed if we hold that, but uh, there we go. We'll see. As far as commodities go overnight, we had Brent crude minorly up 0.07 of a percent, 6 cents to 84.38. We'll take that. WTI, though, up 9, uh, 0.92%, 76 cents to 83.57. And the gold price walloped. Uh, back down to 1783.90, down at 1.04%, and the iron ore price under pressure again, down 5.66%, $6.40, but bear in mind that we see that iron ore price in our own time zone rather than overnight, so that very much affects our stocks and did on Friday. That's for sure, although they did escape some of the weakness that we saw in maybe the banking sector. Aussie dollar 75.43, creeping higher again as focus very much on the RBA. In other commodities on the weekend, we had copper down 1.3, nickel down 0.5, aluminium down 0.4, zinc up 1.25, lead down 1.7, and tin up 3.46. So um, we also saw uranium come off slightly on the weekly price and we've now got a new uh, weekly benchmark that we're looking at for lithium which was unchanged 
Here you have the S&P 500 meandering around for most of the session, a bit of a, uh, a push into the end to make it look good for the week and look good for the month. But uh, certainly underpinned by those earnings at the moment, all eyes still on the FOMC on Tuesday and Wednesday, their two-day meeting there. As far as major stories go, the House Democrats targeting Tuesday to pass Build Back Better bipartisan infrastructure bills. They don't say which Tuesday. Alarmingly big US wage gain undermines argument that inflation is in, is transitory. I've noticed that Christine Lagarde is now calling inflation temporary. So we've gone from transitory to temporary. I'm not sure the difference, but certainly uh, the length of time would be uh, the major difference. Inflation could persist because productivity growth is a problem and US companies struggle with staff shortages despite rising wages and semi-shortage impacting companies far outside the tech industry at the moment. And the US talking to other energy consuming countries about how best to press OPEC plus to increase output Investors buying oil as an inflation hedge. And November to January have historically been the best three-month stretch for stocks. The so-called Santa Claus rally. The narrowing yield gap in Treasury signals worries over Fed growth. And Fed, Bank of England and RBA hold crucial meetings this week for global markets. As far as what's on today, a few economic things coming out. We've got uh, October CoreLogic dwelling prices, M1 inflation and ANZ job ads, housing finance. And in China, we've got the October Keishin manufacturing PMI. But it is all about the RBA this week. Their meeting tomorrow coincides with the race that stops a nation. TD Securities has said that it expects the RBA to announce an end to its yield target framework tomorrow. Over in the US, as far as stocks go, we had Tesla having another great session, up 3.4%. Netflix doing well, up 2.4%. Squid Game 2 coming soon, no doubt. Microsoft up 2.4%. Meta, which is the artist formerly known as Facebook, up 2.1%. And Alphabet, the the artist formerly known as Google, was up 1.5%. Apple down 1.8%. Amazon down 2.2%. Amazon has been a massive underperformer this year, just so you know. As far as mining stocks in the US go, though, not really a huge amount going on. BHP was down 2.26, pretty much following here. Rio down 1.9%. We had Freeport, McMoran down 1%. Alcoa down 1%. Techcom down up, sorry, 2.1%. Anglo up 0.7%. Glencore up 1.6%. There And for the record, the S&P 500 was up 1.3% for the week last week. We were down probably pretty much the same, 1.2, 1.3. That's its fourth straight weekly climb. For the month, the benchmark rose. This is a big, big number, 6.9%. Its biggest monthly rise since, well, last year pretty much, November 2020. And the pan-European stock 600 closed 0.1% higher. That was a gain of 4.6% in October. Ten-year yields, though, this is the important thing at the moment, all eyes on the bond market, and this is what set the market a flutter or a shudder, rather, on Friday with that 100-point-plus fall was the bond market and the fact the RBA looks to have lost control over the short end of the curve and has not stepped into the last two bond auctions there, which has precipitated a massive rise in short-term interest rates, which will feed through into mortgage rates and certainly pressures abound for the RBA 
It looks like they're going to be abandoning their tapering tomorrow, but we'll see more on that. But 10-year yields in the US, 1.55%, relatively benign and under control. Australia, though, the game is afoot. The bond market guys are going nuts there. 2.08% for Australia and Germany, minus 0.11%. So you've got to pay them. And Vale expects to receive binding offers for its coal business in early November. It seems that BHP is not the only mining company that is getting out of fossil fuels at the moment. Brookfield has upped its bid for Osnet. A board looks like it's going to agree to at least a bid of around $2.60. Where to now for APA Group? That'll be the big question. And Westpac, cash earnings out this morning. Their report out, cash earnings $5.35 billion. Sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? And launches a $3.5 billion off-market buyback, which is below expectations. They do have a big buffer in their SETI ratios, and they do have a lot of cash, but they were expected to pay out between 4 and $5 million in an off-market buyback, but it's only going to be $3.5 billion. Off-market buybacks work very differently to an on-market buyback, which is primarily to support the share price and shrink the number of shares, therefore... Uh, getting the earnings per share higher. Uh, Off-market buyback does shrink and gets that EPS higher as well, but it also involves a a franked dividend component and a capital loss. So you have to tender your shares into an off-market buyback. The last one, which CBA did, was massively oversubscribed, so bear that in mind. 60 cent dividend, better than expected though, so that probably makes up a little bit for the slightly underwhelming 3.5 billion off-market buyback. I guess they do have the option, of course, to extend that maybe higher depending on demand. Linus has signed an agreement with JARE, which is the Japanese Rare Earth Consortium, which lends them the money, that allowing them an extra five months to pay the $11.5 million in interest bill due very shortly. This is to help Linus grow. So we also saw today Tyro trading update. Not very interested in the trading update, but more interested in the fact that this is the 85th week that they have done this due to COVID. They've been doing a weekly update, and uh, this is number 85. So it just shows you, I guess, how long we've been living under the COVID shadow. IMU today announced the Eureka Therapeutics collaboration with its CART cell uh, uh, drug that they're developing. That's it. We've got question of the day today. So we saw this big fall on Friday, the big move in the bond market. Did Friday signal something more worrying than just a sharp fall, maybe an end of month kind of uh, thing happening? Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was less than that. But love to hear your thoughts on whether you think that was a signal that something more sinister or more worrying has started with the trend. Bear in mind, November to January is the Santa Claus period, and we do tend to get a good rally during that time. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. As you will be aware, we have split our podcast into four. We've got the Marcus Today Strategy with Marcus. We've got the On the Best on the Desk podcast with the guys down in Melbourne talking about uh, some investment themes, and the On the Couch podcast with myself talking to some industry professionals, fund managers, CEOs, etc., about the market, about investing, and about a few things left field as well. Andrew Wyland was on the one over the weekend talking three ETFs, two stocks. So it would be worth having a listen to that. He's always very good on ETFs. So you can sign up to one, two, three, or four 
of those podcasts, or of course you can just ignore them completely and uh, just not worry about them at all. Um, But if you are not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you on board. You could be listening to this podcast or watching this on a video and you're not yet a member. We offer so much. You can trial us on a 14-day free two-week, well, 14 days, two weeks, 14-day trial uh, at marcustoday.com.au. We'd love to have you as part of the community. Otherwise, you can always head on over to the Facebook discussion group, fantastic group over there. Thanks very much for listening and have a great 1st of November.